0: You're listening to
1: PetLifeRadio.com.
2: Working Like Dogs is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code WORK10, W-O-R-K, the number 10, and get 10% off any order, no minimum, at petco.com
1: Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, author of Working Like Dogs, and my co-host is my trusty service dog Whistle. <coughs> And Whistle and I are so excited to have as our guest today, actor, singer, entertainer, author, and producer, and the list goes on and on, Tom Sullivan. And Tom has done so many incredible things in his life, including several amazing projects that involve assistance dogs. And he's going to share these experiences with us today and talk about the things that he's been involved with with guide dogs. So please come right back after these quick messages from our sponsors as we welcome Tom Sullivan.
2: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hey boy, how you doing? What am I doing? I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know, me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your lifebook page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial lifebook. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own lifebook for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the pet Life Radio homepage. Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here! Create your own lifebook for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com. Welcome to Sassy Seniors, a show about our fabulous older dogs and cats. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. You know, I wanted to create a show to really showcase our senior pets. and You know, as a human population ages and lives longer, of course, so are our wonderful pets. But many of us with aging pets, it's so interesting. We have a tough time realizing or really admitting that they are seniors. So, in a way, I kind of like to think of our senior pets as, as wise puppies. What do you think about that? Be sure to join us for another Of Sassy Seniors. And remember, celebrate your senior pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Whistle and I would like to welcome our guest today, Tom Sullivan. Hello, Tom, and welcome.
0: Well, Marcy, I'm delighted. What you and Whistle are doing is spectacular. Uh, you're spreading the word about the love and care of all working friends. The only thing I wonder about is whether Whistle is getting a royalty check, you know, because <laughs> he's part of his deal. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Well, you and Whistle can talk about that, Tom. We will sure discuss you- yeah. <laughs> well, we're just so excited to have you with us, and you've just done so much. I mean, you know, I meet so many people with disabilities throughout my life, and, and very rarely do I say that someone is really a true role model for young people with disabilities, but I truly want to say that about you, Tom, because you are just such an incredible, incredible leader, and I'm just so excited to have some time to visit with you today.
0: Well, Marcy, I'll tell you, the the term leader is so appropriate for our conversation because my dogs happen to be leader dogs out of Michigan. And I think about the process of all the things I've been blessed to do from, you know, from sports to my professional life and and global travel and the years with Good Morning America, the years on the lecture circuit, the years in Vegas and nightclubs, the years commuting every week to New York to to work for, for Good Morning America, all of it with dogs. That made it possible, and and when I look back, what amazes me is how bad I was as a handler, and how great the dogs were. <laughs> I mean, I, I had I the first dog I had was a beautiful, beautiful golden retriever named Dinah, and I'm telling you, Dinah was the oh. only way to put it was state of the dog art. I mean, she. <laughs> I think about the things I did without thinking. I mean, okay, so I was I'd been a marathon runner all my life. So I get Dinah and the trainers had said, now start her off easy, you know, just don't don't make her do too much and get to know the neighborhood. What do I do? This young, arrogant, 25-year-old blind guy. I take her down to the beach and ask her to run 10 miles because I want to. (laughs) Now, the, the amazing thing about this is you don't realize that a dog, she could run 10 miles if she could run ahead, stop, sit down, wait for me to catch up and run on. But the truth is, they, because they only swept through their paws and their tongues, if you make a dog run right with you at your pace, the dog goes, I can't do that. And, I, you know, Dinah hung on and did this, you know, for a couple of years. I had no idea that I was putting her under that stress. One time in, in um, Kansas City, I was playing at a place called uh, Kansas City Theater. It's a big, beautiful outdoor theater. It seats about 15,000 people. And I had this thing in the show where Dinah was supposed to take me out on stage to the piano, you know, when they played the overture. What I didn't know was that the place in this theater, actually the Starlight Theater, we did the performance at 7 o'clock on a summer night, and the stage was wooden. And literally, the wood was boiling. And this beautiful animal never quit. She took me across to the piano, and it wasn't until about 3 the next morning that I realized she had burned the pads off her
1: paws. Oh, my goodness. But never oh never quit. Never oh. quit. Oh, I know. Marcia, it broke my heart. Now, I, I went, can only imagine. I, I just, oh.
0: And then when Donna grew too old to work, it, she told me. I mean, we were literally coming back on a trip in LAX, LA Airport. And American Airlines had a deal where you'd come off the planes and the, the gates were in a circle, kind of. And Donna knew exactly where from the gate she knew how to take me down a baggage claim. I noticed that her work was getting slower. And finally, right in the middle of the airport, she literally started to turn in a circle and she wouldn't go one step further. And I remember kneeling down and she put her head on my hand as if to say, listen, I'm done. Well, it turns out she had severe cataracts. And what was really going on was Dinah knew she couldn't guide me. And that was the end of it. Right. And then this beautiful dog... I went back to school and got a black lab, Nelson, this young, aggressive male <laughs> dominant dog, you know, and, and Dinah literally tried to commit suicide. Oh. She went under the bed, we had to drag her out, she oh. wouldn't eat. And one night one night Betty White, the famous wonderful Betty White, who I've known since I uh, Patty and I first fell in love, my wife and I, Betty was at the house for dinner. And Betty had just lost her husband, Alan Ludden, had just died and Dinah literally was there under the bed and Betty said to me you know Tom I just lost my husband and maybe I could do something for Dinah and Dinah went to live with Betty and rallied and had five incredible years and we wrote a book about it. Betty had a line in the book I'll never forget. Betty said Dinah taught Tom to grow up and taught me to grow old.
1: Oh I love that. You never forget it. And I love that book, The Leading Lady. I love that. Dinah's story. That is a wonderful book. Wow. That's just, oh, it's just so amazing. You know, I try to explain the sacrifice to people, and I try to put it into words of how these dogs care for us. And it's just so hard, Tom. You just can't. It's just so incredible. It's just not human. It's just amazing.
0: What's wonderful is there's also, they're all different.
1: Yes. You know, and
0: Nelson, the dog that came in, was a complete. He was, as the trainers all said, he was a savant. He was a working genius. Yeah. But he was a lab, right? Right, right. If it came down to a choice between me and food, food won.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I have to say, don't tell my co host, but that's how Whistle is as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, here's my great. Here are great Click Nelson stories. Nelson. My first big trip with Nelson was to go to Chicago, and we got to O'Hare, and we got off the plane, and I had, I had specifically, because it was a lab, asked the training team to train Nelson to find my bag with a smell tag on the baggage claim. Cool. So we get off the plane, and he's perfect. Down the jetway, I'm telling you, he's perfect. I said to come on, Nelson, let's go, and I said to somebody, could you just direct us to our baggage claim? And I started asking for the escalator, and yeah, this is a brand new dog. And I'm telling you, he's perfect. I mean, he gets to the escalator, down the escalator, it's beautiful. We get to baggage claim, I said, Nelson, find the bag, find my bag. And I said, what carousel's it on? They told me that was coming in carousel too. And he goes, and geez, he finds the bag. And I was so proud of him. I picked up my bag, and I started to, I said, let's go outside. We're walking, and sitting on the edge of the baggage claim thing is a little four-year-old beautiful little african-american child and the child is eating an ice cream cone and i'm telling you this dog took that cone and never stopped moving went, and, and, and the mother is screaming at me Sir that man took my kid's ice cream and, and then she said do not you just on johnny carson can i have your autograph so i mean that stuff my other favorite with him uh my other favorite with him was Good morning. America had sent us to again to southern illinois to do a story on a guy named named uh, Dave Drebecki, who was a famous pitcher who had cancer and had beaten the cancer and he had started to adopt disabled children. It was a beautiful story. But when we landed in chicago, they had a late spring freak snowstorm and we had to they had to get a limo to drive us 6 hours to where we were going. So we're in the car and by the time we get there there's six or seven inches of snow on the ground, and it's two in the morning. And as we drive in, the driver said to me, Hey, Tom, there's an Arby's roast beef right at the end of the street here. Do you want a sandwich? I said, Oh, no, man. I just, I just want to go to bed. So I get in, and I take him out of the car and he pees, and I take him in to the hotel room. And I'm one of these people that sleeps naked. <laughs> <laughs> so I crawl into bed, and I'm in bed, and I hear... Mm-hmm and I said to him, shut up, <coughs> shut up, <laughs> all right, all right, all right, so I get out of bed, and I put on my loafers, and, a, and no clothes, but a trench coat that goes down below my knees, now it's 15 degrees out, and I opened the door to let him out, he jumped, I got the leash caught around my leg, he dragged me out, I fell in oh. the snow, oh. the door swung shut, Oh. And now you've got a blind guy in the middle of the snowstorm outside, and the dog is gone. Oh. Now oh, I my... start calling him, Nelson, 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 come here. I'll kill you if I find you. Nelson, <laughs> come here. Well, now the security service guards start coming because I'm yelling. And they said, sir, you can't yell. You've you got to be quiet. I said, look, I lost my, my leader dog. They said, well, we'll find him. So now they're on golf carts in the storm driving around going, Yo, Nelson! Come here, Nelson! Well, 15 minutes go by, and nobody lets me back in the room. I'm freezing death in my loafers and my trench coat. Okay, here he comes. He is trotting up the road like he's the proudest animal that's ever known. And he literally was carrying two Arby's roast beefs. And Marcy, this is no kidding, he got... To me, and he dropped one right on my foot, like, Here, want one? Aren't I terrific?
1: <laughs> well, so I can stuff appreciate that. You know, that.
0: <laughs> the stuff that we all live with with them is just remarkable. I, I, uh, yeah. And I've, you know, in the new books that I've written, I've, I've, one actually with Betty White called Together, a novel, and another one called Alive Day, I've created a family with a blind fellow and, and, and a guide dog. And, you know, it's funny. I never really, because I was using the dogs just like you, I never really had gone and worked uh, sort of from the beginning of the training cycle. And thanks to guide dogs up in San Rafael, boy, oh boy, did I come to respect both the animals and the humans Mm -hmm. who evolve.
1: Yeah.
0: I I mean, they're doing some stuff with these dogs now that we never, I never did.
1: This whole business
0: of treadmill training.
1: Yeah. You know, where they're putting
0: dogs on treadmills to get their impulsion Mm -hmm. so that you get a chest pull from the dog. Yeah. Remarkable, remarkable.
1: Yeah, wow. it really is. I know. I really always feel like I need to be doing so much more with Whistle because he's so smart. He's a lot like how you describe Nelson. Whistle, <laughs> Whistle is a holler. true soldier. He is. Yeah. He is a worker. You know, and I, my retired guy, Morgan, is a golden retriever. Like Dinah, laid yeah. back, a totally yeah. loyal, would yeah. never even consider going for anything else. It was all focused on me. But Whistle's like, you're you're doing good. Hey, let me go do this, and I'll be right back. You know. Well, it's but it's, I have I
0: have this theory that one of the things that all the schools need to work on is they need to do a better job with us. Yeah. I mean, these dogs come out ready to work. Yeah. And very often we're the we're the people who let down the potential partnership.
1: That's right. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, you know, these dogs are, they've had two years. They've got their PhDs in this. It's, we're the ones that need the yeah. training in how you know, to the use
0: other, them. The other thing I've figured out, Marcy, yeah. and I'm sure you have feelings about this, having had a golden in a lab, I've now had two shepherds. Edison, the fellow that's with me now, is a beautiful, beautiful, handsome German shepherd. And I've learned that For my particular personality, shepherds, if I could find them, and not many of the schools are doing them now because of dysplasia and the other issues, shepherds are are what I need to have. Also because of being sort of a public person, the shepherd's really good for me because it slows people down from coming up and grabbing at it. Okay. Uh, And I know, you know, we put signs on the dogs and stuff. I've never done that. I just figured being a, you know, being 6'3 and a big guy and having a big German Shepherd, it's gonna, people are going to be a little hesitant.
1: Yeah, it's a little daunting. To, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so I, I was
1: going to ask you that, Tom. How is it with your public life? How has it been having a guide dog with you?
0: Really nothing but an advantage, Marcy. I, um, the, <laughs> the dog is a ticket to kindness. And, and uh, the dog brings out the best in people. Now, sometimes it also brings out the most annoyance mm-hmm. because people are so direct in the way they, they come at the dog and grab at the dog and want to pat the dog and ask the wrong questions and do all those things. But fundamentally, the dog really is a calling card to goodness because people are uncomfortable anyway about blindness. They're not sure how to deal with us. Right. If they have the dog as a communicative part of the, of the relationship the immediate relationship when they meet you. They do a better job at being more relaxed. Yeah. And and so I think the dog for the most part, I think the dog creates good intimacy.
1: Well, I guess I want to take that question a step further. And how has it been for you in doing your professional work? Like, for example, because you're on stage so much. How is that for your dog and getting them in a a (laughs) downstage? Yeah, how is that? Nelson was the one that was always
0: a problem. See, Nelson made a decision that before I had Nelson, he had been out with a piano tuner. (laughs) And he had decided that he didn't like music a lot. So when I would perform and, and uh, Nelson, he would, de- you know, he'd do his job, but he didn't like being there. Yeah. And what was funny, I my two favorite things about it. One was he had decided that he knew the program that I was singing. He got to where the last song I was singing back then was, did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> and Nelson, I would get to the end of the song and Nelson would stand up and walk off. Like, that's it, we're done. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes the audience wanted an encore, and I would be out on stage by myself without the dog. The Nelson... other thing you do, yeah, the other thing <laughs> that I love, I was giving a speech in Washington at the Washington Press Club, and we had decided that the stage was small, and we wouldn't have Nelson up there with me because I was standing at a podium. So <laughs> Nelson was backstage, and I had tied him to a chair. So the guy I now start my speech and about five minutes in I hear this incredible banging and pounding and and I can hear Nelson going <laughs> <laughs> He is dragging this chair up the stairs across the stage as far as he was concerned Master is up there and that's where I'm going. Yeah. The labs are just they're all together different.
1: They're they all together different. Yeah, they really are. We are going to take just a quick break to hear some important messages from our sponsors. And we'll be right back to continue our fascinating conversation with Tom Sullivan. So come right back.
2: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Working Like Dogs is brought to you by one 800 Meds, America's largest pet pharmacy. one 800 Meds is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order. And free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Only on petliferadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk
1: pets on Pet Life Radio.
2: Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com.
1: <gasps> Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio and Whistle and I are visiting today with Tom Sullivan and Tom's just got so many amazing things to share with us now Whistle's a cross so he's a He's half golden, half lab, but that lab is just so dominant in him, and he yes. looks like a lab. He doesn't look like a golden at all. He's not fluffy. Uh-huh. You know, he's he's definitely. Where did he come from. Marcy? Where, where? He actually, I was going to say, he came from Michigan as well. Oh, Mike um, dogs, yeah, he and Morgan, my two latest guys, came from Paws with a Cause, which is out of oh. Grand Rapids,
0: Michigan. Mike, the, the head of the school is Mike. Uh Yeah, Mike. I can't remember his last name, but my trainer, Smitty, Harold Smith, who trained all of my dogs and now is retired, but Smitty ended up at Paws for a Cause.
1: Oh, okay. And really
0: so so believed in it because of the cross-section of things that they're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just love them. They've been so awesome to me. And um, Mike Sapp, that's his last name. Yeah, um, yeah. I've had, I've had the, my two recent dogs. My first dog was from Canine Companions for Independence, and I loved them. Her name was Ramona, half black lab, black golden. She was golden so, as well. Marcy, are, is
0: you, are your disabilities multiple?
1: Um, no, I use a wheelchair. I'm a paraplegic, yep, and I have been a paraplegic since I was six years old. So I've definitely been aging with this disability, and yeah. and it keeps evolving. And <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I thought you were, I apologize. You know, I get so hung up on guide dogs, I I just assumed you were blind when you... No, uh, no, but
1: when okay. I wear my sunglasses and have my assistance dog, people think I am, Tom. You know, it's interesting.
0: <laughs> Marcy, I, I've got, I know this is reversing the conversation, but I'd love to ask this, and I never have. As a para, working with a companion animal, have the dogs, in your case, have the dogs enhanced your sense of self-worth
1: Oh, there's no comparison.
0: And, you know, that's that's what I was going to
1: say is I've been in a a wheelchair since I was six years old. So I grew up like this, you know, and I thought I was pretty independent. But then one day my husband and I saw a documentary about assistance dogs. And I was like, wow, I got to have one of those. So I, you know, started the process, which, as you know, back then in the early 90s, it was a, you know, multiple year waiting list. But when I got my first dog, Ramona, you know, I was a professional. I was working for the Florida Attorney General's office. I was so happy, but I did not realize what I was missing. I did not realize that I was turning down opportunities because I couldn't travel, because I didn't feel safe enough to do that as a woman with a disability. You know, I just didn't realize until I, I just so remember that aha moment with her when, you know, I realized, wow, I can drive by myself now. I can travel for business. I mean, I was promoted within just a couple of months from getting my first dog. And it's just been, you know, the doors have been wide open ever since. You know,
0: I'm so interested to hear you say it, because if you said to me, what have the dogs taught you most of all? Well, first, they've taught me unconditional love. I mean, this is clear to me, the fact that that, uh, they don't have moods, they only have disappointments and elation. Yeah. A dog can be disappointed, and it can be elated. It can be happy and sad in, in that sense, but not from the point of view of having a mood. Right, and so the consistency of the animal has been critical. And then this concept I've written about in books, but I really feel strongly. When I was born blind, the doc said, "Mr. and Mrs. Sullivan, the child's blind. Put him in an institution." Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And along the way, my whole life was all about being independent. I said, "That's crap. I, I'm gonna step up, and there are. I am not going to allow limits." Yep. Well way I took a pretty good pounding
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you
0: know the dogs taught me interdependence yeah and that interdependence that Marcy that's the magic
1: oh yeah you can
0: get don't you think if you can get to where and this is the biggest issue right now in our in the issues surrounding disability and that is for very good reasons disabled people in many cases across multiple disabilities have basically dug in and said particularly in my group, in the blind groups, we're going to be absolutely equal. We want, I mean, in the, in the National um, Federation for the Blind, they believe, for example, that a blind person can teach another blind person how to use a cane. Are you kidding? I'm not crossing a street with a blind instructor. So it's gotten way out of hand, and it's because we as a population, all 54 million of us, have not understood that it's okay to be inter- interdependent. Yeah. And the dogs, yeah. teach you that. the dogs teach you that.
1: I remember a relative said to me when I was, you know, waiting on the waiting list for my first dog, Oh, don't get a dog. It's going to make you look more disabled. I was like,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks. My, but- mother, my mother said it. My mother said, Well, isn't the cane enough? She said, You're going to call attention
1: to yourself yeah but, yep that's what my relative said yeah, too okay, and i was like fine mom that's exactly yeah. what i have in mind <laughs> i know i was like could i possibly call more attention to myself as yeah. i'm struggling and you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i i know and it's okay for that interdependence it's a beautiful healthy thing i think i mean i always say that's the best gift i've ever received is my assistance dog because it oh really, God. it just changed my life, and so and my husband's life. You know, he I don't says too. Uh,
0: our family, one of the cornerstones of our family's intimacy, is the dogs.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, From mine uh, as well.
0: We are very, very engaged. I mean, Tom, my son, is working upstairs now. Says to me all the time, "Dad, don't worry about." Edison re- in retirement, you know, he 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 can be with me. Yeah, and he means it. I mean, he means. Yeah.
1: How many dogs have you had, Tom?
0: Edison's the fourth. So there's okay. been Dinah, Nelson, Dinah the Golden, Nelson the Lab, Pardner a Shepherd who, sadly, developed cancer very early, and you know, oh. in, you know, in big breeds, this is. Yeah. The, oh yeah. One of the major things. I, I'm. Uh, as a side note, I'm I'm very involved in an organization called the Morris Animal Foundation.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And, and we right now are funding a fifteen million dollar cancer consortium to try to make a difference in canine cancers because this thing is way.
1: Oh, uh, it is. It is particularly
0: with Goldens and and Labs.
1: Oh, absolutely. I know. When I got my first dog, Ramona, that's what they told me is that they're little cancer factories. Yeah. And I just are. and they just it's just so heartbreaking.
0: This is the hardest. Uh, Edison, the shepherd that I have now, who's eight and a half has neuropathy. So he's beginning to develop uh, problems in his hindquarters with the nerves. The thing that's so sad as i watch watching is there's no pain. So his need to do his job is just as high. Yeah. But his capacity to do it long term, you know, so I'm, I'm always, and this is the toughest part with, with, with a service animal. If you've had more than one, when you have your first one, you don't think about it. If you've lost one, the saddest thing that we do as handlers and masters, is mistresses, is that we start projecting. Okay, the dog is five, now I've had mm-hmm. him for three years, and I'm just watching now, how are things going? Oh, it's, that's the worst thing we do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is Edison now?
0: Just a little over eight.
1: A little over eight, so yeah. I think
0: he's on good meds, and the, the way he's going, I think he'll work till he's nine and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll reach 10 as a working animal, but it, it just, uh, it, and you do, you know, just like I'm 63, and as I get to this age, you start to say to yourself, every day has to count. Right. And I'm doing that with Edison. Every yeah. when you throw the ball on a given morning, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, how many more mornings will we chase the tennis ball?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And that's right. why we should live every day, right? Yep. I think so. I do, too. Yeah, because... I know, because they can never work long enough, and they can never be with us long enough. It's just, no. it is such a no, short...
0: I, I, and I, that's why we, you and I touched on this, but I think it's important for your listeners. It's why we as masters, mistresses, handlers, why we have to take the job as seriously as they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if I may use this, I know so many blind people who simply don't want to get off their butts and work their animals. The animal doesn't need a lot of work, but it needs continuous reinforcement. Yes. So it can be as simple as walking two blocks in a day to get the dog out there. Yeah. If, if you take away their purpose, they will eventually do what what any smart creature will do. They will decide that what you really want is for them to be a pet.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And these, you know. You
1: it's work. I know, it's work. I was talking to a woman not too long ago that was getting a successor dog, and she was just complaining and complaining. She she didn't want to keep this dog, and I'm like, it's work. You're not getting a robot. You're getting a dog. That dog is committed to you, but you've got to be committed to it. And you have to, like you said, you have to get out there and work that dog and make sure that it stays the fine-tuned animal that it is.
0: I'll give you a great example with Edison. So I still go to New York fairly often and I, was, and I always stay at this wonderful hotel called the Carlisle. And uh, I was there three years ago and stayed in room 714. And so when I went back two weeks ago, I said that I had called ahead and said to the manager, you know, it'd be great if I could have the same room. And he said, yeah, no problem. So I get 714. So we get out of the limo in the front of the hotel. Edison, I can feel him lift his head and he kind of looks around he's kind of assessing and then he made this noise he went (laughs) well when a shepherd does that that's like oh yeah i got it (laughs) so he went through the revolving doors went down the of stairs uh, to the front desk i got a key this is the part that tells you anybody who thinks that they're not rational thinkers we get on the elevator up to the seventh floor and this dog went down three corridors and put his nose on the doorknob that he had been at three years ago. Now, that's not wow. just memory. That's processing. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. The way it's, like, for example, Edison will constantly try to outthink me. Like, okay, so I take him out in the, in the morning to go park, you know, to relieve himself. And when we come back into the hotel, I tell him to find the elevator. You know what he does half the time? He goes to the dining room. <laughs> because what he thinks in his sequence of events is he doesn't really want the elevator. What he wants is to have a cup of coffee yep. and and listen to the news. There's no question that they, that they can think.
1: Oh, absolutely. That
0: they, that they can think.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, they are. They're always looking out for us. And But I'm just so mesmerized by guide dogs and how they can well, do that.
0: And here's the, here's the fascinating thing to me. It's the subtle stuff that they do, like, okay, so I'm working on a piece of music, and I'm struggling with the writing, and I, you know, I'm sitting at the piano by myself, Edison's laying there, and, you know, I, like all writers, I'm talking to myself, and I'm saying, oh, for God's sake, why can't I, what's the matter with me, I can't get that lyric right, he'll literally sometimes just get up and touch me when the, with the lightest touch, like, everything all right? Yeah, you know, yeah. A problem? Anything yep. I can do?
1: Yep. Can I talk Just checking in. Yep. Yeah. Can I talk to you about it? Uh, <laughs> the other thing
0: is, he, when we're taking a trip early in the morning, I've, because I'm on airplanes from California all the time, I've literally had to condition Edison to go out and get his system taken care of at 4.30 or 5 in the morning out here. Mm-hmm. And the other reason for it is so that if I'm in New York, but I'm going to fly back, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. But he's okay because he's used to going at 5 o'clock. Now, he will normally go out, and I let him browse, and he takes his time, and he enjoys the morning. and If the limo is here to pick me up, and he sees it, his position is, I'm doing this in a hurry. Yeah. We're going. Yep. You know, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we're we're out of here. Yep. We're going. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. It's just, and yeah. Again, That's because he has rationalized, he has worked through the questions. Okay, here are his questions. Master took me out. I go out like this all the time. But master took me out, and the limo's here, and I see Randy, the driver. Oh, well, that's a little different. Same thing when I get up early in the morning, if I brush him and start to tell him he's going to go to work. His whole pace of play picks up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, he's, he's lifting for, because he, and that's just joy, but it's, but it's also, they're processing information.
1: Oh, yeah. It's not
0: just conditioning. They're processing information.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. They're anticipating of what's going to happen. I know Whistle is that same way. When we go to the airport, as soon as he realizes we're at the airport, boy, he goes to the bathroom. He does both of his businesses, I mean, so fast. Because just like you said, he knows what's going to happen and that he needs to not mess around. It's not playtime. It's time to to get busy and go.
0: Edison will not drink water on an airplane. Yep. No matter how (laughs) hard I try. He won't because he's saying... I don't know how long I'm up here.
1: That's right. You Are know. you kidding me? I can't drink water now. That's how Whistle is too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I and mean, then we've well, got to figure it out. Yeah. Well, geez, well, we've sure covered a lot of areas, Mark. I you know. To be- well,
1: Tom, I just I could talk to you all day. I just love <laughs> your experiences, and I love talking to someone else with a disability and about what it's really like.
0: I hope this will be useful to you, and, and it's, oh, absolutely, kind of tape that-
1: no worries. It's very helpful, and I think our listeners will. Will really appreciate your honesty and, and your right. experiences. So thank I've you loved so much. I
0: love sharing it with you. And if I can ever help again, call me up.
1: Well, you know I will. And same okay. here. If you need anything, please don't hesitate to call me as well.
0: I'll do it and thank Mark for it.
1: I will. Okay. Thanks so much, Tom. Okay, Mark. Okay. Bye. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but we would like to take this moment to thank our very wonderful special guest, Tom Sullivan and Edison, as well as our producers for Making Working Like Dogs Possible on Pet Life Radio. And um, if you'd like more information about Tom, please feel free to check out his website, which is TomSullivanKeyNote.com. And we will have that information up on our website at PetLifeRadio.com under Working Like Dogs. And if you have any questions or anything you'd like to share with me and Whistle, please feel free to email us at Marcy M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. So thank you so much to all of our listeners and our producer and sponsors for making our show possible, and we hope you'll come back and join us again very soon. So take good care, and thanks so much.
2: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.